This episode is part of our Voices at MozFest series. MozFest is a movement where people from around the world and all walks of life come together to work toward a more humane digital world. We are back, back to back with MozFest interviews, Voices at MozFest. I thought maybe I would be tired by the second one, but I was so excited by our first one. And that makes me even more excited for our next one. I don't know what the rest of my day is going to be like if I have like burned through all of my fuel for the day, like, but I am very, very excited. Awesome. Well, would you like to introduce our guest? Absolutely. We are so thrilled to be welcoming Kushbu Sagar to our podcast today. Welcome to Once Upon a Tech. Kushbu, thank you for being here. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Where are you calling in from today? So I'm in New York City right now. I'm calling in from Brooklyn. Ooh, all right. And I see some plants in the background. You've got my aesthetic going on. I love, I love a plant. I agree. Yes. <laughs> or I love or 10, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I try <laughs> not to kill them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's part of the journey. So Kushbu, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what are you passionate about? Yeah, so so I am an engineer by training and my background is in mechanical engineering and I did my undergrad back in India. That's where I'm originally from. And I worked in a company that's so in a manufacturing company called Bosch. It's a German MNC that you usually see, you know, with your fridges or your refrigerators or your washing machines uh, Mm -hmm. are made of. But but I worked in the automotive design sector for uh, designing fuel injectors. And I worked there for about a, like about two years. And I realized that I was turning into a nine to five clerk and felt very robotic about my engineering job. So mm-hmm. I made a huge shift into a makerspace and started managing a makerspace in India, which was very different from A, what I had envisioned it would be like. And also be like what my parents had envisioned it would be like because it was a huge drop of the income uh, that I was receiving and and it was just very hard to explain you know what my job was and and one interesting thing that I experienced was so actually two one was a good thing was using machines that I never thought I would use like rapid prototyping tools and you know power tools and kind of using the woodworking machine shop and stuff like that. But then the other thing that I was introduced to was uh, a toxic masculine mentality that believed that women can't make. And and it really, you know, slightly turned my experience of managing a makerspace into kind of a rebellious one where I had to, you know, prove to him every time I would be, you know, working on a project uh, that, you know, I can, I can make and I am an engineer and that kind of sucked. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> That's making me mad. I know. I know. It, was, it was insane. But, you know, nevertheless, I ended up making some really good connections and I made a very quick shift to working as a product designer for a startup that makes STEM-based games and toys again in India. So so that's that's kind of a little, you know, tra- like twist and turn from the going from twists and turns from, you know, landing an engineering job to sort of finding my way into making educational learning tools and toys, if you will, because I think I think the, the factor of fun and play has pretty much been, you know, central to what I what I do. And so kind of going back to how I landed up here, where I am, I, I pursued a master's from, from Tufts and STEM education with, with an idea of kind of building and designing hands-on learning experiences, but keeping my background in engineering and kind of picking up 
the aspect of engineering design, which is what I enjoy the most, and kind of trying to fuse it with art and design and mathematics, because that's, that's something that I really, really have loved all over all of my life. So because I never could be a pure mathematician, I really wanted to design something that would make uh, math more accessible, especially to people who find it very uninviting and, you know, scary. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I ended up uh, making zines in the middle of the pandemic because I didn't have access to machines and tools and I was, you know, locked up in this room. And I thought that I got like, like without making, I felt kind of lost in my identity. And, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, looking into materials that were handy and paper being the most easily available material. I guess I uh, jumped into this world of zines, which till date is pretty new to me because I think I think I, I was introduced to zines through art fairs and book fairs. But sorry, I think I just jumped into zines. Uh, that's in, fine. In the that's fine. So, yeah, let's let's uh, talk about that. So I actually met you at the zine fair at MozFest, which I was just telling you was one of the highlights for me. You know, MozFest is online, and there's definitely some good aspects to that, but it's also hard to get connected sometimes or see that creative sparks that you see flying all over the place when you're in person. And I really felt it there. So it was, um, you went into these different virtual rooms. There was a DJ like spinning some kind of chill out tunes. And then you could go and view all these amazing zines. And sometimes the zine creator was there (laughs) that you could talk to. And so that's how we connected. And your zine was amazing. And then I went and looked at your website and you're just creating fantastic hands-on activities for folks to explore engineering. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. So how did, how did the MozFest, um, how did you get into MozFest and what was that experience like for you? Wait, I'm going to pause you first. For any of our listeners that might not be familiar with zines, and what they are and how they might exist virtually. Can you give us a quick explanation of what a zine is and what that looks like when you're sharing it online? Yeah, sure. Actually, those are re- that, that, those are really interesting questions. And I think a lot of people are trying to understand how zines exist virtually. But but going back to what zines really are, they're, they're just a piece of paper folded into a booklet uh, without any binding per se, but, but it's just basically multiple folds and and it's, you know, it's just consolidated into a booklet and you can o- still open it up into a flat sheet of paper. And uh, over time, they've been used as, so zines are basically short, a short version of magazines. That's like, that's, that's where the, the origin of the word comes into existence, but they're not as, you know, intense or as elaborate as a magazine is. It's like relatively shorter and uh, over time has evolved from, you know, uh, carrying stories or poems or, you know, little little narrations of, say, how your day was or how to cope up with anxiety and stuff like that. And the way that I tried to look into zines was by turning them into a tinkering kit. So, So what I tried to do was provide pieces or tinkering pieces, like in my case, they were linkages and things that you could build mechanisms out of. And it was, you know, all enclosed in a booklet. And when you opened it, you could actually use brass, uh, like brass fasteners or brads to kind of fasten them onto the sheet of paper, which comes with holes to make your own creations. So yeah, I don't know. Did I, did I answer your question? I think so. Yeah. Kim, yeah. Kim, so going back to what you asked, uh, thank you so much. I think I loved the spatial chat feature as well. I, I love the booth section because because this was also my first virtual virtual zine fair because 
zines being so hands-on I like touch like people come and touch it and read it and like feel it and then they buy it so I think it was very interesting to kind of be like hey this is what I made and you know what you can just see pictures of it and not really touch it or like see how it I mean because like in my case I had a like a demo and stuff like that so I think it had many more factors to it but but going back to how I came across uh, Moss Fest was that I'm currently doing a fellowship at, at NYU and one of the organizers of Moss Fest I think Zana was a part of uh, the community here uh, of which I'm a, you know a fellow of and so I was talking to one of the faculty members and she was like, oh, you make zines. You know what? MozFest. Do you know about MozFest? Like, they're doing a zine fair for the first time. So she's like, you should check them out and you should totally like put up your booth over there. And I was like, a virtual booth? So it was interesting. And I checked it out and, and you know, Zana was very kind to answer a lot of my silly questions that I had because I'd never used spatial chat. I'd never done a virtual zine fair before. And it, I, like like Kim said, it was amazing. There were there were some really cool people that I got to interact with. Some people even bought it online, which was amazing. So I have I had orders to ship zines to, which was fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't think I knew about that option. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can still you can still you know place an order. We'll have to share that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think the other feature that I really enjoyed was the, the zine fair talk. Uh, so we had a like a zine talk that they that that, that MozFest had organized uh, sometime ar- around like the during the end of the the fest that day, that particular day. And I didn't expect that there would be a lot of people who would show up, but you know, it was a full house. I would say there were a lot, a lot of people, and it it was really fascinating because the way that the portal was arranged was like you could you know, place yourself anywhere in the environment. And I use like loudspeaker, uh, the, the option of a loudspeaker to kind of, you know, talk to the whole, uh, you know, group of people over there. Uh, because the way that spatial chat works is that when you're talking, only people in your vicinity can hear you. Mm-hmm. But with a loudspeaker, it's like you could be anywhere and you could still be hearing me. So oh. it was really fascinating. Yeah. And, and and I could like share my screen in a way that it was you know, like a movie theater set up. It was fascinating because it was a big screen in the middle of this room that people had arranged themselves in and they could see what I was sharing on my screen. So I really love that feature too. Yeah, it's really amazing what, like how far these virtual environments have come. There was another one. It wasn't Spatial Chat. It was the other one where some of the um, science fair stuff was at. Well, I went to, I went to a, uh, the, the concert that they were having there. Mm -hmm. So they had it set up like an auditorium but somehow my avatar kept floating up to the ceiling and I couldn't figure out why. (laughs) So I didn't quite get the hang of it, but it was fun anyway. It's very much like real life. Every time I take Kim to a concert, she just floats. Like there's no way to keep her down. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, no, I think, I think their, their, their DJ function was pretty cool. Uh, Kim, I don't know if you remember the, the playlist that was just going on. It was, Oh Yeah. I loved it. It was very, very groovy and very, very funky. Right. right. Well, and especially you would need to since you were there. Yeah. <laughs> the that, whole time yeah. it wasn't like a repeat of something over and over again. For sure. And and I guess I was concerned that, you know, there might be an, an overlap between my voice and, and the music being played, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't. It was, it was, I mean, I was surprised in a good way and it was really, really the entertainment we all needed. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> 
It sounds like they did a really great job of attempting to create a kind of art gallery makerspace experience online. How did that compare to the way you normally share your zines and connect with other creative people in person? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I agree. I think they really did, you know, they, they did, did a great job with creating this artistic environment. Like the color scheme was amazing as well. You know, it was pretty funky. And I think usually in in in-person fests, the the people and the energy that people bring in with, you know, oh my God, this is so cool, is what really hypes up, you know, the, the presenter or the people who are, you know, at the booth. And that was pretty consistent here as well. So I think, I think it was, it, like I was pleasantly surprised to still feel invigorated, you know, towards the end uh, after sharing what I made. And, and I got obviously like the wish that people could touch it and feel it was there. But, but the fact that they could still, you know, have an idea of, have a good idea of what, you know, was going on and what I had created really comforted me. And, you know, it was a very positive impact on, on approaching virtual zine fests, at least. So I wanted to go back to something you said earlier and sort of re- maybe relate it to MozFest. One of the reasons I love MozFest is it's unlike any other sort of tech conference yeah. I've been to. It's a very welcoming. It's very diverse. Mm-hmm. I've never felt, you know, as a female, like any of that, whatever stuff. And I'm wondering, you talked about your experiences at the makerspace and I am the founder of Tech Girls. So Mm -hmm. I am very much, and the Shelds Women in Tech, so I'm very much in the space of how do we bridge these gaps that are caused by stereotypes and implicit bias and things like that. I'm just wondering, A, and (laughs) we don't have a lot of time, but A, you know, what has been your experience sort of now that you've been doing the master program and you're doing the fellowship and, you know, sort of staying in this maker engineering space, do you see mm-hmm. things improving? Yeah, that's a great question. I just want to second the fact that, you know, MOSFest was not like any other tech conference I've been to either. It's It was very inviting and it felt very inclusive for sure. I wonder if it's because, because of the virtual aspect of it. And I mean, I don't I've never been in person. I've never attended it in person. You've been in person and it's, it's the same. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> very welcoming. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Like uh, it was amazing. Yeah. The, the organizers, you know, really, really did a great job. And I mean, going back to what I, you know, when I look at the current scene and what I think, uh, it's it's interesting because I feel like at intersections of art and tech, there are a lot of diverse communities that are, you know, doing some incredible work. And I feel that people who recognize their work, irrespective of, you know, the, the stereotypes that exist in the world, they, they are recognized. But so so I, I really want to say it's changing, but I'm also one of those people who's, you know, usually hopeful and on the positive side of the world, as opposed to being more skeptical and being like, no, I don't believe in people. So so I really, I really want to, like, I want to say that, that, yes, I think, I think change is happening because, you know, people like you and I are really trying so hard to, you know, not think of makerspaces as closed boxes that only a specific kind of people can attend rather open them up to the world because it's a community space right it's like it was designed and built and it exists so that more and more people can come in and feel space and and feel belong uh feel like they belong there so yeah I I think yeah like coming from a very hopeful perspective again I think I think it is changing yeah 
I don't want to take away the fact that yes, you have to hustle a lot, even if it's <laughs> so. Yeah, that is constant. <laughs> I like that. That's a that's a mindset I can really connect with, which is like there's good there. It's changing. And you also have to work your tail off in order to be a part of that change. Like, I feel like that's a pretty great balance. (laughs) Yeah. Did you find another, a lot of other people that have that same kind of outlook and mindset at MozFest? For sure. Yeah, it was incredible. I think I want to mention, so I want to mention Kim. I want to mention Kat, uh, Kat Cortez. And I want to mention Kilako. And I made incredible connections with these guys and, you know, we, we were talking on Twitter after the fest and it turns out that, you know, we know a couple of uh, common people in the, in the field and it was, it was, it was just crazy to know, like, it's such a small world and, you know, right, like uh, through Kim, I got connected to, to this wonderful platform of, you know, the, the podcast and then with Kat and uh, with Kivako, we were just talking about some common artists we know in the field and, and Kat is in Singapore, but like, you know, she, she's going to be visiting the U.S. soon. And we decided to meet and I'm like, what? This is happening. That, that's Yay! what I do, right? Like, um, so yeah, I think the energy is pretty much, pretty much constant when compared with, you know, uh, an in-person fest versus a, a virtual fest here. So, so yeah, I love that about, I loved it. I love that about it. Can I ask my favorite question? Yes. you <gasps> Okay. This is my favorite question. I, we get the best answers to it. Kushbu, how do you want to change the world? Oh my God. <laughs> we also get that response a lot. <laughs> Feel free to take a few seconds, minutes to think it over. I do not expect you to have like an answer written out and prepared for this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And you've already um, given us some really good insight, not only into how you want to change the world, but how you are already a part of that change. But we want to give you a chance to answer anyway. Oh my God. That's a heavy question, but a great one for sure. <laughs> I guess I just I will I will just say what I really want to do towards the you know like how, where I see my life going in the next five to ten years probably and that is to kind of create more and more playful spaces that exist you know so like I want to start one definitely and and I hope that it you know ends up being a chain where you have all the so it's a space where you can you know it just makes you curious and you can like touch and feel and have all your, you know, senses kind of go through a, a, a fun and playful experience. And how I envision it would be obviously through, you know, because I'm close to designing hands-on experiences, I would want them to be hands-on experiences, but coupled with a little cafe and a library and, and you know, things like that. So I just, I feel like there's just so much intersection between a lot of spaces that are so confined in their own ways, like a cafe, right? Like, but then there are book cafes that are coming up, but still very less. So, so you know, a library and cafe could be combined, but then there are like uh, museum-like experiences that only a few people can go to. So kind of opening them to the public and, you know, um, not having this whole uh, thing of, oh, you can't touch that, you can't break that. So more of, you know, oh, I want to touch it and see what's happening kind of an experience, right? So I really want to open this up to more and more people and more towards like open spaces and public spaces so that it kind of breaks the accessibility barrier of, you know, only certain certain sections can, can kind of touch it. So I don't want that to happen, right? So I want it to be open and available to more and more people. So oh gosh, yeah. Can we, can we uh, what is that called when you branch out? Let's get one of those in Charlottesville. Franchise. Can we franchise yes. you? Can we franchise uh, you? Oh my God. I would love that. <laughs> this, is this is on record. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, do I want to visit? 
or do I want to work there? (laughs) As a former librarian who is now very based in like makerspace play type work. I'm oh, like, oh, love that. Ooh, I think this is made for me. <laughs> it's all connected. You get it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like you are well on your way. I hope so. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I- thank you so much for joining us. This is wonderful. I think we're going to have to have you back to you know, uh, maybe talk about the hands-on stuff some more because you have such fantastic resources, which we will share with everybody. Yay. But thanks again. Thank you. This was a delight. I had so much fun. You guys are amazing. This is so cool. Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we have done our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I'm so glad we could meet. <laughs> <laughs>